0: Today on The Premise, we're doing a quick bonus episode from Warwick's, a local bookstore here in San Diego. I'm speaking with Joe Ide, author of the best-selling crime novel series, IQ, the latest of which is High Five. It just hit the shelves in January. Joe, thanks for taking the time to chat with us.
1: Thank you for talking with me.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. So I got to say, I read online somewhere that you're described as somewhere between Tarantino and Sherlock Holmes. Wow. Yeah. Have you heard that?
1: I had no idea. Really? Oh, I read that. I was like, oh, it's totally true. I don't think that's true. I think it's <laughs>
0: totally true. As I was reading, I, I absolutely felt like the Sherlock Holmes. We've got the crime guy. He's super smart. You know, and I did. I was actually thinking of Sherlock Holmes, who so I'm a huge fan of, by the way. Yeah. And I think you are too, from what I've read. Immensely. Yes. Immensely. Okay. So there's this one scene in the book where he's like going through all the facts. And he's trying to figure out it's one of the first scenes in IQ. Mm-hmm. And he figures out where the bad guy is going based on the fact that he had a hitch and he must have a boat. He had like a boat hook on the back right. of his truck. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is so Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> very,
1: very, yes. I was obsessed with him as a kid. Um this idea that he could go through his life, meet his challenges with just his intelligence was a really powerful idea for a small kid in a big neighborhood. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was inspiring. Yeah. You know, I could, there was a way really for a kid like me to face his own world and not be afraid Mm
0: -hmm. and not
1: have to be a badass.
0: Well, and you grew up in central Los Angeles. Yes. Yes. So I imagine there were, you were surrounded by a lot of badasses.
1: Yes. Practically everybody was a badass except me.
0: (laughs) Except you. (laughs) (laughs) So, let's talk about your hero, Isaiah, Isaiah Quintabe. He is super smart. Yes. And a badass in his own way. Where, did you always have this character? Was he, is, where did he come from?
1: Part of it was my obsession with Sherlock Holmes. I read all 54 novels, 54 stories, multiple times before I left middle school. Awesome. Um, so, that was one component. And... Um, All my friends were black. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Well, most of them, anyway, and so I had co-opted, you know, their speech style, attitudes, all of that stuff, and so that those things were there. And um, uh, when it came time to write a book, those elements just came together by themselves. I mean, the only idea I had was Sherlock in the Hood.
0: Nice. That was it. I had
1: no other choices. Yeah. you know, I never thought that my, my background would be of any use. I mean, I wasn't embarrassed by it, mm-hmm. um, but you that mean your it,
0: background growing up in the hood, mm-hmm. yeah?
1: That it actually became <laughs> useful yeah. is really amazing. It is.
0: Did you always know that you wanted to be a writer? No, really,
1: no. Um, I didn't know. I didn't know writing was a job. Mm. You no, know, I um. I was always adrift. I mean, I never really knew what I wanted to do. Um, I, I, um, I got a graduate degree in education because my friends were in the program. Hmm. There's nothing, there's no option after that except teaching school. Noble profession. But um, I really didn't like children.
0: <laughs> so and you started with elementary or what, what grade level did you Grades
1: start? four to six. Okay, yeah. 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 Um,
0: that's when you know, they snot all over you. They don't listen. You're more of a baby. They're
1: noisy and fussy and they <laughs> keep asking me questions. Just leave me alone. <laughs> so I lasted one semester and then I quit before I was fired. Wow. Well, smart, um, by
0: the way. Good move on your part.
1: Yeah. It was a good move. <laughs> so I, um, I went from like job jobs, middle management, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, never happy, always restless. And... Um, Somewhere in my 30s, I started to whine about being a writer. I'd never written anything. Hmm. And um, whine, 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 whine. And finally, I got sick of myself. And um, I was living up north then. I moved back to LA. My family's here and decided I'd be a screenwriter because, like everybody else, I thought it was easy. Mm. So I wrote exactly one dozen terrible screenplays. <laughs> uh, <I laughs> Did it?
0: A- so none of them ever got picked up.
1: Uh, no, none of those, no. Okay. Um, but I knew an agent. Okay. And I would. this was before email. I would send him these, these scripts. I'd drop them off at his office. He would send them back with little notes that said, this is terrible. <laughs> this is the worst thing I ever read. This is so boring. Nobody will watch this. And that, 12 scripts like that. And then the 13th one um, was good enough. And it sold to Disney and I started to work.
0: Wow. It kind of awesome that he took the time to give you those notes.
1: Yeah, it, it really was.
0: They must have been life-changing. I mean, really. Oh. Told you what you needed to do, right?
1: Completely. Because I was working, at the time, I was managing apartment buildings. Mm. And not doing, doing that, not well, <laughs> also. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it was, it was incredibly life-changing. Yeah. I was just incredibly naive. I had no idea how show business worked. And, um, I met all of these and and he became, the guy became my agent. And then I met producers and studio executives and I had no idea what the system was or what they were saying to me. I didn't understand the terminology.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you did it anyway.
1: And and I was just struck by the fact that, you know, it was a core group of people who direct your writing Mm. and, um, they would say different things. You know, there was no consensus about what I was supposed to do. Mm. You know? and, um, and yet you're supposed to execute. Right, right. But they don't know what they want until they see it on the page.
0: That makes sense.
1: Yeah. And then they say, you didn't do what we told you to do. <laughs> so I got a little better at it. Right. I got a little better at it.
0: So how many screenplays did you write that got picked up?
1: Um, I wrote a bunch that were put in development. Mm. Um, but none of them were ever made. And that's sort of how you keep score.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you, I was working, I was doing fine, but sure. none of these things were actually getting made for one Hollywood reason after another. And finally, I just burned out.
0: Mm. Um, sure. I, I yeah. couldn't
1: open the screenwriting program without getting physically repulsed. Oh. There was so much failure and humiliation. Um, tied up in that program. And one of the things that one of the last things that happened before I quit was I pitched to an executive that must have been some like 23, 24 years old. He thought Pretty Woman was a classic.
0: Right. And you're like, "I'm out."
1: Going <laughs> this is completely undignified.
0: <laughs> Why am I
1: talking to you? Um so it was a bunch of those things I quit. Yeah. Nobody noticed but I quit.
0: So Were you thinking, okay, I'm going to try my hand at a novel? How did you get to that point where you're like, I'm going to write a novel?
1: Well, first I was depressed.
0: Well, that always helps.
1: I just moped around, you know, (laughs) felt sorry for myself. Um, Took long, soulful walks with my dog. Mm -hmm. And um, for months. I mean, screenwriting is a big part of my identity. And so now I'm removed from my identity as well as all these people. Sure, were, yeah. And, and then finally, you know, it, it occurred to me, well, you have to make a living. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, writing is my only marketable skill. Mm. That's it.
0: Mm.
1: And I, even if i looked look for a job, what would be on my resume? A long string of basically failures. So um, writing a novel really seemed like um, the only option I had. And so I wrote a novel.
0: Wow. Hmm. Okay, so how long did it take from the day that you put the last word on the page to the day that you realized this is a saleable book?
1: Uh, three years.
0: Three years. Huh. Yeah. That's great.
1: The first year, you know, I, I was a professional writer. I thought, you know, the actual writing.
0: Yeah, this is going to happen right away. Yeah.
1: So long form narrative is just A whole other thing. Right. My writing was just awful. It was terrible. It was embarrassing. (laughs) I'd I'd read it out loud and I just, it really was cringeworthy. So the first year I I basically learned how to write clear, decent prose. Hmm. I mean, I'm reading elements of style and,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. you know, I'm writing well. So after a year I started to feel like, okay, all right, I can do this. And then the next two years I figured out. I started to develop my own style. Mm.
0: Oh. Wow, that's cool. 3 years is not bad actually. But you know, you had that experience of knowing how to make things exciting from screenwriting, screenwriting. That helped. And your books do read like a movie to me. I think that's where the Tarantino part comes in for people describing your work because there's so much action and like plus the slick characters help, but you know, the language, but it definitely reads like something I would see on the screen.
1: That's how I think. I think in images. Screen playing, uh, screen screen writing certainly helped. Mm. Um, But even before that, I just, I think in pictures.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Uh, It comes across. I'm glad. What are you most proud of in your writing career? Wow. That
1: I'm still here. That I didn't give up.
0: Nice. I
1: did not give up. Oh, I was, I was broke. And I'd had all of these failures, and I was incredibly depressed, but I didn't give up. Mm. I wrote this book without knowing anybody in publishing. Mm -hmm. It was just, shut up, day and write your book. Mm. That was my mission. That's it. Write what you want to write for the first time in your stupid life. (laughs) Write what you want to (laughs) write.
0: And it pulled from your childhood and when what you knew.
1: Yeah. And, um... So as I look back on it now, that's what I'm most pleased with. Nice. That's, um, that's what I'm most pleased with, yeah.
0: Yeah. Are there more books in the IQ series?
1: Um, I'll keep writing them until they tell me.
0: Stop. Stop.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, one of the biggest challenges for an author is finding an agent. Yes. How was that process for you?
1: I tell a story. I don't tell the story because other writers really hate the story.
0: Oh, it happened fast then.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, so I
1: finished a manuscript. I don't know anybody in publishing. I'm just sending it out to readers. I have this cousin named Francis Fukuyama. He is a world-renowned political scientist. Um, runs a Center for Democracy at Stanford. Uh, you know, books, papers, consults with governments. He's on the board at RAND, okay? That's... Like, wow, yeah. I, one of those guys you just And he was
0: one of your readers, yeah. yeah.
1: Do we share DNA, really, you <laughs> and me? So um, he's a really sweet guy. He said, sure, I'll read the book. So he, I didn't hear from him for a long time, and I figured, well, you know, he's busy at Rand, mm. and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But eventually he got back to me. He said, I really like the book. Do you have an agent? I said, no, I'm going to go get one. And he said, well, let me introduce you to my agent, who turned out to be Esther Newberg, uh, ICM in New York where she's been head of literary for 25
0: years. Wow.
1: So that was the first person who, <laughs> who read my book.
0: And she said, I love it.
1: She didn't say that, oh. but, oh, actually the first <laughs> words out of her mouth were I got on the phone. She said, I want to sell your book. Mm. Okay. That's All close right. to, I love it. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, she sold it in a matter of weeks.
0: Nice. That's awesome. It is. Well, I can see why. I mean, you finally found your, you know, what you needed to be doing. Your, your whole life has been leading up to this book. These books, I should That say.
1: happens, like, how many times? So rarely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I love them. I know Thank our you. readers will love them. Thank you. I have a final question for you. Sure. Do you have a desert island book list?
1: Desert island book list? Yeah. No. I don't.
0: You don't? If, no. If you were stuck on a desert island, you don't know what three books you would take with you?
1: Three books? Oh, no. Three books? No. I have no idea. Seriously, <laughs> I wish I could answer the question. I really do. I should know. You know what you would answer? do.
0: I know what you do. You'd, you'd make sure you had pen and paper so you could keep writing your books.
1: Okay. <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> and when they find you, they, you at least have something to show for your time on the desert island. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. And uh, I look forward to reading High Five. For our listeners, you can learn more about Joe at joeide.com. That's joeid dot com. And pick up High Five, his latest book in the IQ series from warwicks.com. We'll include a link on the website. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please remember to subscribe and rate The Premise wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate the love. Until next week, thanks for listening.